I'm here today with my dear friend and business colleague, Maria Genovese. Maria is a media and brand marketing specialist with an emphasis on marketing to women. From Generation Z to the 50-plus demographic, Maria has spent her career connecting audiences and brands. We first worked together when we both were at Vogue, and then again at Time Inc.'s parenting group. Maria knows everything there is to know about this 50-plus demographic that we're exploring. Hi, Maria. Hi, Donna. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited to have you. You and I have uh, worked together closely on so many different magazines and brands that appeal to women, and you are just a treasure trove of ideas and information about, uh, about women in general. Oh, isn't that so nice? Thanks, Donna. I'll take that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are at a time where the 50s... I somewhere that the 50s are the fastest growing element of society wielding the greatest financial clout and it really is an exciting time uh, to be 50 plus and uh, you and I uh, really started our careers together back in our 20s at Vogue um, when women were equally important but there was definitely a focus and concentration on youth. Absolutely. I think um, youth has always been important in all industries and across all brands. Um, you know, I think youth, it's not, um, youth is really just about an attitude. It's um, about being willing to try, to experiment. It's about being fun and fearless a little bit. Um, in, certainly in the fashion and beauty industry in which we worked, youth really was the sought after consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you know that Carl, I'm assuming that you knew that Carl Lagerfeld passed away a couple of months ago, and he um, really was an iconic designer, obviously, and he built iconic fashion houses. But I think that he really would be um, most remembered for his attitude toward youthfulness. I think that's going to be his lasting mark. He really had a fundamental understanding, I think, of the needs for brands and consumers to chase youth. Yet his take was really refreshing, and it got me sort of thinking about today's um, podcast as well. He was famously quoted saying, youthfulness is about how you live, not when you were born. Mm. And if we all think hard about exactly, uh, if we unpack all of those words and exactly what they mean, I think we really have the key to what youth is all about. Um, it's not just about that gratuitous date on the calendar. It really is. Um, a notion of fun and fearless and willingness to experiment. And it's um, some notion that youth equals consumer spending is really still prevalent, I think, um, in society and certainly the way um, brands react to youth. But I don't think youth and consumer spending go hand in hand. I think it's really just about what youth represents which is why all of advertisers in society seem to chase this all um, elusive youth, if you will. Mm. It's interesting. When you think about Vogue, that reader really transcended age, right? She was somebody who remained youthful uh, by just staying relevant through culture, through fashion. It was more a mindset about how a woman carried herself and how she felt about herself in, you know, at any stage of life. Um, I yeah, no, I was going to say I absolutely agree with that. It is about a mindset, and I really think that mindset has changed and is is um, 
cemented now in society, perhaps more than it than it never was. I'm going to sort of talk about this 50 pluser woman and demographic in the first person because I am myself <laughs> in that demographic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that we as the 50 plusers are in fact changing the youth paradigm like that Vogue woman who was in her 50s who um, might have been seen as the anomaly. It's not the anomaly anymore. I'm sure you've heard those expressions that 50 is the new 40 and um, 60 is the new 50. And while they sound like wonderful catchphrases, they, they really are true. Um, and if you take a second to think about who we are as a, as a generation, you really would not be so surprised to see that we're actually changing this, this new life stage. We've really been responsible for seismic shifts in society from the time the oldest of us actually came of age. I mean, think about it. We're the ones who brought Woodstock and the 60s counterculture. Um, and in the 70s, we were feminists. We were the original feminists. We changed the workplace um, and the role of women in the workplace. And of course, in the 80s, we were the generation of super. We were the super earners and the super consumers and God knows, we can't forget that we were the super moms and the super women. Um, and we were really the have it all, be it all generation at that time. Wow. You know, that makes so much sense because when you think about it, if we were raised by women who were of that mindset or we actually were the women of that mindset, why would we just uh, wither away at the age of 50 or 60? Why would we just recede into the background? We don't come from that mindset at all. So it, it really is no surprise that a woman who is 50 plus today is empowered. Absolutely. And we really are shaking things up, if you will, more than any other single 50 plus generation in post-industrial revolution society. You know, when I started Empty Quester and I developed my Instagram, I literally met hundreds of women who were either launching their second careers or starting new businesses. And this it's a world out there. It's not, you know, it's not the outliers. It's really an entire culture of women who see this uh, next chapter as important as the ones that came before. Let's talk a little bit about what makes us, what makes us particularly different. Right. So I think the first thing is really um, we're living longer, but more importantly, we're living um different lives. We're living healthier lives. We're able to live more active lives. And that goes back to that whole idea of technology and innovation. If you took a minute and thought about all the breakthroughs in medical science, um, it isn't really so surprising that we're able to have this mind-body connection um, that, that keeps us relevant, that keeps us in the game. If you just look at something as simple as heart health or bone health, um, surgical procedures that are non-invasive, pharmaceuticals and holistic approaches means that the normal complications of aging that really once through a roadblock in a person's ability to remain an active and vibrant, they're no longer the case, thank, thank goodness, I suppose. Um, and it's not just about feeling healthier, it's about how feeling healthier positively impacts how we live. You know, we're able to travel in a way we weren't before. We're able to be in the workplace. We're able to embrace experiences and still explore a lot of possibilities because we're really still in the game. 
Right. And when you think about it, it, we don't only just feel well, we actually really look well. Like I remember when we were together at Vogue in those years, you know, a lot of the conversation was youth in a jar. Um, so youth in a jar really wasn't just your mother's face cream. There really was a science behind the youth in a jar. Although um, now it's innovation and beauty has gone even several steps beyond that all these non-invasive procedures and exercise science are really critical um, aspects of us being able to have access to a youthful appearance. I mean, I'm sure that there was always a time when someone looked in the mirror and saw a 20-year-old when really a 50-plus face was looking back at her. But truth be told, now when she's looking in the mirror, she's not seeing, of course, the 20-year-olds, but her 50-plus face doesn't look the way perhaps her mother's did or her grandmother before her. And beauty has really um, come a long way in terms of innovation and science and breakthroughs. It's changed dramatically um, how we look to the outside world, but more importantly, how we look to ourselves. So we're looking good, we're feeling good, and yet there is such a disconnect in the marketplace about the amount of advertising that's directed to us. The images that are coming to me as a consumer still show women who are, you know, 20 years younger than me. That's actually the most shocking part of all of this. I mean, we can say anything we want about what we're embracing and how we're reaching and grabbing for experiences, but the fact that the marketplace hasn't entirely caught up with this trend um, is is really shocking. But what drives my shock, if you will, is the numbers, the data. Fifty percent of the U.S. population is actually over the age of fifty, and all of the trend data that I see actually indicates this is expected to increase over the next five, ten, and even twenty years. I came across another really interesting fact that every fifth adult in the U.S. is a female over 50. That's tremendous potential that's being left on the table, if you will. And again, no one cares so much about the numbers unless they're uh, somehow entwined with spending power, because really, in reality, that's what it's about. It's about um, the power of this audience to buy product and buy experiences. And the most telling figures really are in the spending power of the 50 plus demographic. It is responsible for 50% of all of the consumer spending. And that's across all product categories, not simply those that were sort of thought traditional for older adults, um, like healthcare as an example. So these are really staggering statistics. And we're still in the game from so many perspectives, 40% of Adults 55 plus are still in the workplace. And the 50 plus market actually controlled 70% of all the disposable income. That's wild. That, these are crazy numbers. They're huge. They, and and they're, not, they're not trending downward. They actually, the trends of the moment are actually showing that over the next 20 years, spending by the 50 plus market is expected to be $4.7 trillion dollars. That's when it's representing about a 58% increase over where it is today. The surveys also show that the subtle shift in the over 50 consumer behavior. I mean, we talked a lot about being fun and fearless and willing to try, and there's statistics that support it. 
I found a fact the other day that said 80% of women over 50 have indicated the willingness to be open to new brands. And that really flies in the face of what society traditionally thought about a market that was older or aging. Um, this 50 plus market isn't stuck in their way. They're not, um, they're not throwing up obstacles. They're doing everything that they did in their 20s and 30s and 40s with obviously some exceptions, but they're doing it now with greater disposable income. So what better a market to, to seek for a brand or mar- or advertiser, in my opinion? You know, you said something very telling there. You said they're, you know, they're doing it again. And when we were at the parenting group, the excitement of that particular new mom market was that those women were in a super experimental mode. Like life had just changed in a very big way and they were trying all new brands. And it was an amazing moment in time to capture their attention. And when you think about a woman whose family, whose children have now left the nest, they are almost like a new mom all over again. They're changing their habits. They're experimental once again. They're trying on a new lifestyle. They're probably driving a new car. They're changing their home. And it's a moment in time. It's really a marketer's dream. And I think that that concept has not been properly articulated, but it's like the next best moment in time when a woman reconsiders all the products and services that she's using. And this is a fantastic moment to reach her to influence her purchases. So I absolutely agree. There's been a lot of talk in the marketplace about life stage marketing and the importance of being able to take a consumer from, um, from mm-hmm. his or her first purchases all the way through. But I think this is a life stage that has, in fact, gotten left out of the discussion. And the same way we used to have those discussions when we were at the parenting group, since you mentioned it, I I think it's important for brands and advertisers to remember that this woman isn't just defined by being 50 plus the way she was not just defined by being a mom. So everything that we um, brought to our parenting target wasn't just about diapers and car seats. It was about beauty and it was about fashion and travel and um, work-life balance. That same attitude, I think, needs to um, come through here when talking to her now when she's 50 plus. It's not about life insurance or (laughs) retirement plans or health care. It's about all of those other things that are still in her life the same way they were when she was in her mom life stage. And um, it's sad, maybe, or disheartening, I guess is a better word, that despite this obvious opportunity represented here, only about 10% of all brand spending is directly targeted to the 50 plus market as a consumer. That is astonishing. I mean, it's accurate, but it's, it's (laughs) astonishing. It is. It it really is. I do see though that, um, so I am a little, um, gladdened to see that uh, some brands are actually moving a little with the shift. I mean, there's, um, products categories that are actually being developed or re-swizzled or relaunched to meet this new changing consumer's attitude and her new spending and, um, and her new lifestyles. There are um, age-related spins, if you will, on more traditional products that maybe didn't have that same play in the market years ago. 
There's a new site called Our Time Dating, and it's specifically targeted to the 50-plus market. Um, Road Scholar is a travel product that's geared to the 50-plus traveler, and there's clearly an understanding by them that this consumer is in search of new experiences and has the money to do so. We actually, um, I've seen that 80% of luxury travel is really um, uh, attributed to the 50 plus consumer, which is tremendous spending power. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, there are some shifts, you know, they're, they're not as many as I'd like to see, but I love the story that came out this year about Lancome rehiring Isabella Rossellini to be the face of the brand. And you probably recall that when she was 42, um, when we were in our Vogue years, when uh, Isabella Rossellini was the face of Lancome then. And when she was 42, they, um, uh, I guess, fired her because she had aged out. She was too old. And yet here we are, you know, 25 years later, and they've invited her back because she's the right face of the brand for their skincare. Um, so that gives me, you know, I find that very amusing, but also very compelling. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So again, the beauty industry, I think, and fashion to some degree, but certainly beauty has always um, recognized the idea that youth and beauty, somewhat timeless, um, surely there's still more an emphasis on a younger face, but I'm so excited to, to see that as well. And um, Jane Fonda and Susan Sarandon, they've also um, been the face of beauty brands in recent years. And we all know that Jane Fonda is well into her 70s. I think she might actually even She's be in 80. her 80s. Yeah. yeah. Go Jane. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think though that the opportunity really doesn't or shouldn't stop there because the spending is 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 out there for other products as well. It's not just youth and beauty. Um, it's in in everything that's relevant to a 20-year-old and 30-year-old. Like if we look at tech as an example. of all Apple products are actually estimated to be owned by the 50 plus market. Wow. And it makes me wonder where the ads directly targeted to this market. Yeah, there are none, right? You never see people our age in any of the tech ads. It's true. And of course, this isn't just exclusive to Apple. It's it's all tech products kind of across the board. Mm -hmm. And if we go through some other categories like food, um, consumers who understand the connection between healthy bodies and healthy eating habits are actually buying whole foods. We're not necessarily buying what our parents bought. Um, We're not also sacrificing convenience because we have these active lifestyles. So it got me thinking that it'd be interesting to see some of the food subscription companies targeting a 50 plus ad campaign. It seems as though there's potential there. Sure. Um, And then you talked a little while ago about how we're making all of these changes in our lives. And, and that's quite obvious, trading down homes, perhaps buying second homes, all of these things. Um, but those of us who are actually choosing to downsize our homes and potentially buy new ones, not necessarily plunking cash down. And they're not necessarily going to be the homes that we're in forever. I found a fact that said 53% of all 50 plus home buyers are taking out some form of financing which means that it's really a potential target there. And there's a lot of opportunity for banks and um, lenders. And we might be trading in our SUVs for smaller car models as well, but statistics say that the post-50 car purchase will not be our last. We, on average, could make five new car purchases after our 50th birthday. Certainly, the car companies have a potential audience built in. 
Sure. It, it, all of this is amazing. And how about the fact that a third of new businesses that were started up last year were begun by people who are 50 and older? So, I mean, just across the gamut, when you think about it, banking, accounting, legal, you know, we are, uh, we are a very important target. So, uh, absolutely. But I, I think an important point to make here, though, is that reaching us shouldn't be so dramatically different from reaching any other um, age group or demographic. We have to think of this as another life stage. Um, and I think it's important for brands and marketers to keep in mind that we are now and still remain a consumer who's relevant and current. And I think the advertising messages, in fact, should reflect our attitudes and our point of view. Yes. Well, because I can't embrace a product that reflects people who are 20 years younger than me. And when I think about car ads, liquor ads, fashion ads. They all feature models that don't look like me. And they really, they don't capture my interest. So the the basic premise is, if you don't talk to me, I'm not going to buy you. <laughs> and um, right. It's, it's absolutely true. Um, and it's not just that they're not necessarily talking to who you are, because without that authenticity and without capturing your point of view about yourself, they're losing you. But I think think that there needs to be a shift a little bit in where they're talking to you. Um, the same approach that's given to reaching a 35-year-old consumer should be, in fact, used here. We are um, containing, um, consuming excuse me, our content and our media across all media channels. And so I think a multi-channel touchpoint campaign is as relevant for us as it is for our potentially 22 year old children definitely yeah because um, we're spending online right we are. I mean, we are in fact we're spending online we spend about seven billion dollars a year online and wow. um it, there's nothing that says we aren't as likely as anyone else to research our products from our mobile devices and so obviously digital marketing and advertising should be part of a brand mix for any brands looking to reach this consumer um we're not one group the way one would like to lump all Gen Zs or millennials into this oneness, this idea of us all being the same. 50 plus consumers are, are not one. Um, and we don't want to be sort of looked at as a stereotype. It'll just fall flat. I think rethinking our needs from a brand perspective and reorganizing their messages around this framework would be very wise for brands to make inroads in this really powerful consumer market. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that would be really wise for uh, marketing uh, companies would be to bring you on board because you so very well embodied this consumer, you understand this consumer. And, um, you know, I like to use the, the question when it comes to marketing and advertising, are you talking to me? And um, I think they're not, they're really not talking to us and they, and uh, companies would do well to bring somebody like you on board to start that conversation or really uh, jumpstart that conversation. Maria, it's been so much fun having you here to talk about women in this uh, 50 plus category and the powerhouse consumers that we are. And um, I feel very excited about the potential, um, even if the reality hasn't caught up to it.
So thanks. I agree with you. And I wanted to thank you so much for having me. It's been great fun. Um, and I want to congratulate you on Empty Quester. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And you're obviously onto something, something big.